Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to Day Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Kyla, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. In your name, O Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you for this opportunity to gather together, God, and to study out your word, God, and that you give us guidance and you give us sound counsel, God. We ask that you keep our listeners and our partners, God, and that you bring more into the fold. And we just thank you. In your name, O Jesus, amen. 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 Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our study, our morning Bible study, and our study in 1 Corinthians. So we're in chapter 10 today, and we are going to cover verses 23 through the end of the chapter. So could I get a volunteer to read that, please? I will. All right. Leila. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. If any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. Conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense, either to Jews or to the Greeks, or to the church of God. Just as I always please men, I also, excuse me, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Thank you. And I want to open the floor to you guys to minister what the Holy Spirit is speaking and showing you and ask any questions that you have, okay? Okay. I'd like to begin. Okay, I will. All right, Layla. Um, my attention was drawn, especially in verse 1, where Paul says... Um, or, sorry, not verse 1, sorry. <laughs> verse 24, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. I'm just reminded of what Jesus had done in his ministry when he walked on the earth, um, how he never did anything for his own glory or for his own gain or something that would just benefit him. He was always looking out for the poor and the needy and those that needed his salvation and his, his love shown towards them. And it just reminds me of sometimes how we forget, especially when we come into positions of power or um, authority, that we forget that we're supposed to be looking out for others as well. It's not um, everybody look out for me and I look out for myself, but it's, yes, take care of the things God has committed to your care, but also be considerate of the others, people that are around you, because 
it's not just an action that affects just you. It's got that ripple effect, like you said, when you drop a drop of water in a bucket and you see the ripples all throughout the water. All the water is affected. And so it was, it was just kind of interesting and caught my attention when Paul said that because we he's an apostle and he has a power of authority of teaching and he's telling the people in Corinth, that's how you pronounce it, right? Yes, in Corinth. Corinth. Hence, they're the Corinthians. Oh, in Corinth, how they should behave and interact with each other, and it's lovingly. Love doesn't seek its own and is not rude or puffed up or envious or any of those things, but it cares for others and considers them in the actions and the courses that it will take. Okay. Those are good points. Uh, I do want to comment on one of the points that you made. You talked about love. Mm -hmm. And you also talked about Paul being a teacher. Yes. Now, Paul addressed that early on in this letter, right? And he said how the people of Corinth, the Corinthians, had many teachers, but not many fathers. So as we read this, right, this letter to the the church in Corinth. He is rebuking, exhorting, encouraging, admonishing, right? Because there there clearly were issues. Right? Let's let's not forget where we are in this book, right? He is he has addressed many issues that are he has been have been reported and revealed to him in the church. Not the people outside, not people that are not yet believers or non-believers, right? Yes. But these are issues within the church from and by people that are professing to be a follower of Christ. And he's saying, no, this is wrong, and we got to correct this. But he's doing it out of love. You can all but hear his heart in this and hoping that they get it, which is, and he began it in chapter 9. But in chapter 10, he continues laying out this um, I'll say all this proof and irrefutable evidence from a historic standpoint, right? Covering the entirety of the word and up to this point, right? The Old Testament and giving examples of why these actions are against the Lord, right? Yes. So, so it's more than just teaching them. He's like a father explaining, providing proof and evidence, showing them the fruit of those actions and also yes giving the instruction out of love so that they can then take it and apply it to their lives which is very different than just teaching someone how they can move forward right yes because i can give you all the the ideas the facts the and if it was a natural topic right subject like you learn in school theories or concepts right but this is not that this is the word of God. It is irrefutable. It is all that's needed. It's the breathe out word of God. And he is teaching them and showing them how to apply it and why they should apply it to their lives. Right? That's, yes. That is the added part of what a father does or a parent. Um, that's the added part because I can tell you what you should do all day. But it's also a role as a, as a parent to teach our children 
why they should do these things and pointing it out along the way. Remember when I told you about this and explaining it and as as the child learns and grows and, and reaches different stages or levels of maturity, you're still giving them the same lessons, but you're able to talk about it and explain it to them in greater depth and detail. So they're able to understand more and more as they continue to grow and mature. So you see that happening here. Again, he's still laying out this, I'll say, um, like court case and how he would present something before a judge, only it's to the, to the church in Corinth, which goes back to what he was saying in an earlier chapter about not bringing lawsuits against each other. But he's still also structuring his, you could say, argument, but his, um, as he's being led by the Holy Spirit, to understand the, the ways and the thoughts of the Lord in this. And to learn from the past, not to repeat the same mistakes and, and actions that previous generations have and, and actions that they committed that were against the Lord. So so I just wanted to point those things out as well. And what you said was, was great, was excellent, and let's build on that, okay? Okay. Who else? Okay, I'll go. All right, LaCharles. One second, What do you have to share with us? Okay, I found it interesting. Um, verse 25, eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. And I also found verse 27. If any of those who do not believe invite you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is said before you, asking no question for conscience sake. First, I'd like to take us to James 4, verse 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is it is sin. And then, then I like to go to Acts eleven. Actually, it starts at it starts in ten, at verse nine. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance, and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners. Descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again, and it, again the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken into heaven again. Okay, what I wanted to share about that was that first, 
Paul is getting at here is you can still eat meat and stuff. It's not, even though somebody may have offered it to idol, it's only when you have a willing, you purposely know that they are purposely sacrificing it to idols. And it just reminds me of how, if, and James where it says, if a man knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. If the man does not know what's good to do, and he does not do it to him. It's not sin because the Lord is a just God. He doesn't punish people for doing something he hasn't told us to do. That's why he gives us his written word so we know exactly what to do and how he wants us to go through life. Because other than that, he can, I say judges. He said that to the Pharisees. Um, he can judge them because he is, they know what's right to do and they have not done it. That's why they are, he is able to judge them. And it just reminded me of the Lord should show me that in order to sacrifice to idols, these people and the who were were sacrificing the meat to idols, they had to prepare a whole bunch of stuff and do a whole bunch of work for I say nothing, because even though, like Promise said in the last devotional, they are um, worshiping the works of their own hands. They themselves built it. There's Nothing in there besides their own finger work. And so they're going there and sacrificing. They're wasting all this stuff because they think, oh, man, this idol that I created is so great. And it needs to be sacrificed to. And the Lord was just showing me that all the effort it takes in order to do that, just to try to make for yourself a God, that goes into the shaping of the God. Then you have to get all the incense to burn to it. And how it's not worth it in the end. Whereas the Lord, he doesn't require all that. All he requires is an obedient and willing heart. Mm -hmm. And that brings me to my next point. Where it says, give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Meaning that when we are doing stuff or participating in events, we shouldn't do it to offend others. Like if we know certain people don't eat pigs, probably shouldn't be eating pigs in front of them. Because... It offends them because they were told, they may have been told not to eat pigs. Same is true here. It's like somebody who has struggled with alcohol, they don't go into a store that sells it because it creates a temptation. They divert themselves from that and make sure that they are well away from that. The same is true here. Meaning that we aren't supposed to be Offense does come to some people not willingly because inside of Mark 11, I believe. Wait, nope. Actually, it was Luke. He was talking. Jesus says, do not offend somebody in the apostle in the disciples at the time. said, Lord, give us greater faith that we do not do this. What's happening here is that. Yes, he, he said that's one of the woes, right? Woe to who those offenses come after saying the gospel is offensive to many, right? Yes. And then he says, well, the, who those offenses come? And the disciples say, well, Lord, increase our faith. Right? Look, seeking to be bold. Right? Yeah. And just to be obedient to the Lord. Continue, sir. Um, And with that, how he was saying that the gospel is offensive, first, it may be people don't want to hear it, but it's also the way that you go about it. People naturally shell up when you're being nasty and pointing in their face and screaming and calling them sinners and saying that they have to repent now 
or they're going to rain fire down upon them. But the Lord, he didn't do that. When I believe it was James and John, I'm not sure the two, but they're yes. saying, shall we rain um, fire and brimstone upon these people? Yes, Jesus said, no, we shall not do this. We will be merciful and he kind. Said, he said, you know not what manner of spirit you are. Right? Yes. Okay. Also, let's, let's put it in perspective. It is the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. Yes. And how is that expressed? The goodness of God? Mm-hmm. Through his love? Through his love. And God is love, right? Scripture yes. says that very plainly. It's through his love. And it was expressed that while we were yet sinners, he loved us and gave his only begotten son. Right? On the cross. Yes. To redeem us from the curse of sin. Right? Yes. Okay. So, he did that while we were sinners. Not after we'd come to the knowledge of him. While we were still far off, separated from the Lord. He did that. He didn't <laughs> beat us over the head. Or, as, as a term that you guys like to use, Bible bonk people. Right? Yes. It's not how he did, how he approached life, but in there is because of love. First, his love for the Father. Right. Yes. Just the driving force, the willingness, the desire to only be pleasing to the Father, and then also to love his neighbor as himself. Which means he wanted the Lord's best for them. There, as you see here, right, when we were discussing it, Paul, is, there is some rebuke. There is encouragement. There is admonishment, right? There's correction. Yes. There's reproof. There's, there's encouragement. And all those are also aspects of love, right? There's, there's some discipline happening here with Paul, and there is a time and a place for that. But there's also a look at the manner in which it is being conducted, right? Yes. You can still, I'll say, sense the love of God coming in or out into the, out of the writing, <laughs> into what Paul is conveying, right? Yes. Yes. So you see how he's approaching this, and and that's great. You brought up some some great points, sir. Also. Um, in, you brought up one about verse 27. All right, being invited to dinner. And someone says, hey, go, right? Paul's telling us, hey, this is how you live this out. He's showing us, go, go to the dinner. It's okay. And why is that? Because if we're constantly trying to hold on to ourselves and saying, we can never sing, um, Associate associate with sinners. That's like putting a lamp under a bushel. Exactly. That way, the light does not get out, and nobody's drawn into repentance unto the Lord. It's just those select few people, and when they die, their earth's dark. So, we see the pattern example set forth in Christ, right? Yes. Um. The book of Matthew. Matthew, the tax collector, was 
initially Levi the tax collector. Very similar to, well, the Apostle Paul, who was first Saul, right? A Pharisee of Pharisees. And as he, he, his own words, his own testimony, he was a persecutor of the church, right? He said he was the chief sinner. But now we see the change from the impact the Lord had on him, right? Yes. Jesus went to Levi, at the time, Levi the tax collector's house, and did share a meal, right? Yes. But what was the result? What was the fruit? Levi and a whole bunch of other people got saved. Yeah, well, we don't know about a whole bunch of other people. Right, I would think it would be safe to assess that because we know our Lord and Savior, right? And there were multitudes that followed him. But the important part was Levi, who we know as Matthew. And we see the impact that the Lord had on Matthew because Matthew wrote about it. Wrote an entire book. It's the first book, the first gospel in the New Testament, first book of the New Testament, where he writes his account of what the Lord did and the impact that he had, the change in him, right? Yes. That came from sharing a meal. Now, yes, you could say, oh, well, but they were both Jewish, right? So they would have followed the law and all those things. But you you brought up a great point about that, right? Which was, the Lord gave Peter a vision and said, what I have called clean, don't call unclean, right? So with Peter, it was all about obedience. I'll give you a non-food example, right? What about Joseph and the speckled flock? And he was told to pick the sticks and put spots on one. Uh, Sorry, Jacob, excuse me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jacob, and he was told to put stripes on one Mm -hmm. set of rods. And spots on the other. They were poplar trees, right? Yes. All so, branches. So, right. But what is that going to do? Nothing. And the reality is nothing. Except he was obedient to how the Lord led him. And the result of that was all the offspring were pure. They were blameless, right? Yes. They were suitable for sacrifice. To the Lord, right? It was there were perfect. It was a perfect flock. So, again, the Lord just requires obedience. But on the meal part, right, and food sacrificed to idols. Revelations two covers this to the church at um, Pergamos, which is known as the compromising church, and you'll find that in verse fourteen. And food was one of the, the issues that the Lord had with them, right? There were two issues that the Lord had with that church. One being food, eating food sacrificed to idols. And the other being sexual immorality. Which Paul has addressed both of those things here, right? In the letter of the Corinthians. But let's, let's consider that for a moment. Why was there an issue with eating the food sacrificed to idols? Are you asking about why it was an issue in Revelations? In Revelation, yes. Uh, because it changed their motives and their 
the way they received God and interacted with him and drew them away. And also it goes back to Balaam and the disobedience. Mm -hmm. So it also goes to the first commandment, right? Uh, The Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. So by sacrificing something to an idol, you are in fact asking this non-existent thing to bless your food, right? You can always tell Christians in a restaurant or wherever, right? Why? Because they pray over their food. Because they pray over their food. They say grace. They say a blessing over the food. To the Lord, though. So, you can see the difference. Sacrificing it to an idol is to another deity, another God. It is putting an obstacle, something between you and the Lord. Something else is the object of worship. Right? Yes. So, so just so we understand that. Okay? Now, Paul here giving an example, right, of how they should conduct and carry themselves, he already addressed this in chapter 8. Right? And he's saying, hey, we have liberty to, to eat and do all these things. However, let's not create a fence or an obstacle for someone else. So he says, if you don't know that this food is sacrificed to idols, then it's, it's clean to eat, right? Yes. Not that even it's anything for me, right? Because what's an idol? It's, it's nothing, right? And we, we discussed yes. that. The issue is out of love. Being aware or concerned with how others might perceive it, right? And not to, he is saying, be mindful of others, right? And in many of the Bibles, uh, it might be titled, uh, Discussing Your Conscience, right? But it's really the Holy Spirit ministering to you and saying, hey, revealing things to you, right? Yes. Don't eat this, and this is why, <laughs> right? <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's good for us to know because it's not the only time that Paul addresses this this topic. Like I said, he talked about it in chapter 8. And he also talked about it in the book of Romans, chapter 14. As the reality is it's the whole chapter. And it follows everything that he's saying very closely. He talks about uh, the first part is the law of liberty and how we are free. And then he goes into discussing love. But in that first part about liberty, right? you see an almost identical um, statement to this whole section of Scripture we're reading today. I'll just read verses 6 through 9. It says, He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, and for he gives God thanks. For he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat, and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and, none, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and arose, died in row, excuse me, and lived again, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. 
And you see the same thought throughout this entire part in Corinthians that we're reading, especially the last three verses, right? Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, right? Yes. Because of love, we're down to, this is verse 32, give no offense, either to the Jews or Greeks or to the church, right? Yes. Because we have liberty, someone else might not consider those same liberties. So let's be mindful of them, right? Yes. Okay, and then he says, just as I also please men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. A, we talked about a father and a parent, right? Yes. And their role is to teach their children. And I'll say the, the ones assigned to their care, right? Whether it's biological or not, right? It's children on the whole. The ones that the Lord has assigned to their care, they are to teach them, to help them mature, to understand these things for their own lives, right? Yes. Now, we have been given freedom in Christ. But I can also, I won't say curb that freedom, but because of love, I can set aside some of the freedoms I have to help someone else, right? Yes. Okay, and that's how we all should, right? Part of it is to teach our children how to conduct themselves, their lives, in love, looking out for others, not just themselves. And the whole point is this, so everyone can go, has the opportunity or opportunities to come to Christ. And you encourage and exhort them to take it, right? Yes. Making it easy for them, right? Yes. Okay. Everyone would like something to be easy for them to do. Not difficult, right? Yes. Not, not putting obstacles or stumbling blocks in their way, right? Yes. Okay. So, I, I bring this up to say this. Let's watch ourselves, our own actions, our own behaviors, to ensure that, one, the Lord's leading us, and two, that our flesh is buffeted and in check. So we can clearly hear what the Lord's saying. And that we can bear fruit. That we can bring in the harvest. Right? That's what yes. Paul is saying here. Yes. What's the most profitable thing? Salvation. Re-entering the heavenly community. And living for eternity with our Heavenly Father. And Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. As the most profitable thing. So, let's guard and let's help others to get there. Yes, Dad. Anyone have anything else they want to share? No. No. Okay. Well, let's pause there for today. So, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Go for it. Lord, I just thank you for today and just coming in our midst and staying there and Putting a word inside our mouth in is keeping us from singing, giving us the knowledge to easily, not easily, go over the stumbling blocks the enemy tries to put inside our way. And also being uh, righteous and just kind of not charging us for 
since though he didn't commit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.